Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Travis Wright, who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Travis. How's it going? It's going, baby. I'm glad you're in. Right on. So what is it? Is this the Startup Hustle Nation? Startup Hustle Country? What, what are your, what's your tribe called here? Wow, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, maybe we need to discuss brand identity because yeah. I'm not sure. But The Hustlers. Uh, I mean, maybe Startup I was going to say the, the Hustlers. But, yeah, we got, got listeners all over the world, man. I, we actually ran a, a analytic on that. I don't even know where all of you people really are. 172 countries. Mm. We're trying nice. to figure out how we get in the other 30. Mm-hmm. Well, when, one of them's probably uh, North Korea that they won't let you in yet. We, well, we have a plan for that. We were going to contact Microsoft, see if they had any Zune players left, and then fly them in via uh, helium balloons. And then, <laughs> right. we re- and then we realized that we wouldn't have internet, so we're maybe going to build a blimp. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Startup, startup Hustle uh, North Korea coming soon. Stay yeah, tuned. That's going to be found at Startup Hustle. NK or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, yeah, with the very first guest, um, Kim Jong-un. Very nice. Hopefully we didn't just trigger like a bunch of things by even saying any of that. So anyway, well, Travis is, as we were just talking about before uh, the red light came on, uh, you do a lot of different things. Um, you are a fellow Kansas Cityan. That's true. So, I am here in the office HQ, yeah. full scale. Yeah. And the Startup Hustle Studio, which mm-hmm. is sometimes also a conference room. Very nice. Yeah. Versus it looks very conference we, we, roomy. It does, but it's actually, we do way more podcasting in here than anything else. But, you know, Travis, you're someone that I've wanted to have in for a while. We got a lot of stuff we can talk about. <laughs> I, um, I think you wanted me in like on one of your first episodes. Like, like, hey, come on in. I'm going to start a podcast. Come in on the it, first. You, you were going to be like episode like, like 13. Oh, okay. And then I, actually what happened was uh, you were running late. And Watson had to leave. So we we're like, let's reschedule. And then like 90 episodes went by and we're okay. here. So I feel Very like we're good. getting it done. We're so getting... well, you passed 100 episodes then, huh? We're, uh, yeah, this is, I don't even know what number this is going to be. Like at the point of us recording this today, 108 came out. Oh, very nice. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we had Sandy Kemper was nice enough to come in and do episode 100 with us. So we felt like we we had a good rep from, there you go. from the KC community. and. You know, uh, you're you're sitting here with your Royals hat on. I probably should have worn mine, but thanks again for repping KC everywhere. I know you're all around. That's so. true. Everywhere I go, I wear my Royals hat. I've been to 47 countries in the last five years, traveling around, speaking and uh, consulting with different businesses, um, different types of businesses. And so, um, I think I feel I feel very blessed to be able to do that. And you know, I rock my KC hat everywhere I go. And I like that. And you know, there's so many different things that you do well. So congrats Thank on you. that. I mean, it's impressive, man. Like you've, you're an author. Mm-hmm. So you're a fellow author, I should say. Um, you know, right? I'm an average selling author. Yes. Yeah, I am as New York, well. New York Times average seller. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> how, is that how we present ourselves? Yes, yeah. As a, a, the author of a book that used to sell 
that would be a good one too. Yeah. But uh, you, and we'll talk a little bit. You you were working on some other stuff. You know, mm -hmm. my third book comes out in June. Oh, congratulations! What's this yeah. one called? It's uh, the Realist Guide to Successful Music Career. Okay. I worked in the music industry for almost a decade, and mm -hmm. I got together because here's bands are startups too. Bands are startups. They really are. And uh, some of my friends, especially that, today, when like there's no record yeah. deals anymore, right. and, and Spotify, like you can get a million listens on spotify and make like you know forty dollars or something ridiculous True. four thousand dollars i think is the number but it's so low so i got and th that book's going to be a lot of fun because uh so my co-author is a keyboardist in a band called umphries mcgee mm -hmm. um some people have heard of him some people haven't oh that's they're, great my son's nickname is stinky mcgee there you go they're, they're meant to be with each other but you know <laughs> these guys have been around like they sold red rocks out three nights oh nice um they play all over the world red rocks is an amazing is an amazing venue yeah it's big it's i big uh, too. i saw the grateful dead there on shrooms there you go amazing and you heard it here first people <laughs> um <laughs> And I will, wow. And I thought I had all the armor with the picture of you that my, your sister sent. Mm, yeah. And, and now it's, yeah. So, um, I'm glad you got to open your mind. Very good. You know yeah. what? And your heart. Yeah. I do that every once in a while. It's yeah. good. So <laughs> you never know what's going to happen here on the show. So, uh, but yeah, in the music industry is, is, uh, you know, so, I worked in musical instruments, mm -hmm. worked for a musical instrument manufacturer at Roland, mm. and they do a lot of stuff. Um, you can actually, if you can get Travis to accept your friendship on Facebook, you can see videos of your early musicianship. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a great, I'm a highly entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote a great song called Down, Down, Up, Up, Down, which is very. I have this theory that <laughs> that the greatest song of all time was never heard because it was poorly marketed, mm -hmm. and that might be it. Might be it. down, yeah. down, up, up, down, 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 up, up, down, 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 up, up, down, 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 up, up, down. And you just strum along with it, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to play guitar on the VCR by this guy named Larry Little. He just plugged the VCR and he goes, it's "What you got to do? Down, down, up, up, down." I'm like, "Oh man, that's nice. so great!" Nice. So I wrote a song. Yeah. So back to the music industry or books people have tuned out on this when they said, come on, get to the yeah. startup. Where's the hustle? No, this is the hustle. So this is all the stuff you have to go through on the way to doing many different things. But anyway, you know, we're going to skip past the books. You published one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing that has and I, I hate to just like shine one light on the things that you've done, because you've also uh, when I first met you um, and you, I went to high school with with uh, one of your partners. Right? Oh, Chris Bully. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. He's a year older. Good dude. Than, but I'd known him for a while. Just and, had lunch with him. And that's, you know, that's the, how some of the first intro came along. But at that point they were introducing you as uh, you, you've been published on a number of magazines, which uh -huh. you're a contributor on. I was a ink. I wrote, I wrote for ink magazine right. for about four years. Yeah. I Did mean, a podcast with venture beat. Yeah. I was the, co I was the co one of the co-hosts of the venture beat podcast which is a big top Silicon yep. Valley Absolutely. publication. Yeah. And I think a couple of people have read, read Inc. A few people. Yeah. Not, you know, in Kansas City, people, people, people might go, oh, right. Inc. Magazine, the tattoo site. No, that's <laughs> I-N-K I in Kansas City. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I've mentioned that before. Oh, Inc. Magazine. So oh, yeah, the tattoos. You're not, you're not a uh, published author about tattoos? Not a published author by tattoos, although I, I was going to say, do you have a one? sweet tattoo right there. Yeah. And, and all of our listeners will enjoy the view yeah it's really that. good you yeah. can see it right here take it's a look awesome it's really let's good. not even describe it let's just say it's awesome mm. it's a, it's a merkaba 
What is it? It's the Merkaba. Well, it's the Merkaba and, and, and it's the it's like, fruit of life. It looks very geometric. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's actually it's sacred geometry. It is a symbol that appeared all over the ancient world, all over in every continent in maybe 50 different locations, the, the, the fruit of life, the, you know, the flower of life and all that. And then this is the derivative of that. Whenever you get to the 13 circles and connect all the dots and, and you can read all there. about that in ink magazine. Yeah, it's great. So is that true? Not in ink magazine. No, not, I would not, be a not the tattoo. I would one. not be a good author when it came to tattoos. Yeah. But I actually um, thought about this one for 10 years before I got it. And then when I was in Ukraine, there's this phenomenal artist there. And I was like, this person is doing some cool geometry type stuff. And she was a beautiful Ukrainian. I said, well, tattoo it up. Let's do it. It's good. Finally, so after took, 10 years, I decided. It took 10 years of pondering and a hot tattoo artist. A hot, yeah, hot redhead tattoo And a trip art. to Ukraine. Yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to get my tattoo. That and right for here. those of you listening, I feel that 10 years is an appropriate amount of time to ponder a tattoo mm -hmm. before you actually get one. Well, now there's this new stuff. There's a, there's this um, company called Ink. What's it called? Um ink child or something and uh they're temporary tattoos literally mm. you give them the tattoo you want and they will send it to you and it lasts for like a month and a half or so and it's like looks legit and then they just sort of wears off it's not like the the cheap temporary ones that that you get the last a couple of days and you wash off in the in the in the shower or whatever which makes the most sense like if you're gonna get a tattoo like especially people who decide to get tattoos like on their face or on their hands or like on their neck like Get a temporary one first, bro. It's a just mock it up yeah, and then see how you like it. Yeah, you know, like if you decide to get a titty tat, you know, just get, you know, do a t temporary one first because, you know, you can't really make boobs better with tattoos. Does this teardrop tattoo look all right on me? I just got it. <laughs> it looks great. Thanks. Thug life, brother. Yeah, I know. And that's exactly what you're saying when you mm -hmm. get a face tattoo. So on to the next subject, mm -hmm. which is you're really in the end, you're you're a marketing guy, right? Well, marketing guy, yeah, I've been and in marketing. I know that goes a million different ways, but yeah. that's kind of where it all started, right? You know, you know, I started out in. I went to school for for journalism and for marketing, and then I've, I've been in sales. I sold Yellow Pages way back in the day in the in the mid '90s, and that's really when I started understanding the internet business. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, it really goes with one of my core beliefs of about stacking skills, mm -hmm. right? I think you need to, especially in today's age, you need to stack skills. And that's really where it comes in with a startup hustle is, you know, you're going to come in and do a startup and you're going to wear multiple hats. I mean, you're not just going to be good at one thing. You've yeah. got to be decent at many things. And so when the Internet started popping in the uh, the mid 90s, you know, I, I figured out really early on how to build a website. Like I got online at the University of Kansas and then the first 36 hours of me being online, I had figured out HTML and it built my first website. Uh, it sucked, but I was like, okay, so I understand what the code means. I was able to launch it. I was able to walk through and figure it all out. Then I was able to start figuring out how to stuff keywords into the web pages so your website could rank on sites like Lycos and AltaVista and Excite and all these, you know, web 1.0 type search engines. And so I had figured out search engine optimization before search engines were really prevalent or before, way before Google, right? Before SEO was a term. And, you know, I figured out that if I could, you know, color if i could say britney spears a hundred times in a div and make it the same color as the background and then move that div off the side of the page i'm going to rank for certain terms and so i was gaming the system so i i've gone through white hat gray hat days. black hats yeah. i've tested all the things yeah. you know and that was just oh now i understand seo and then i i really for the longest time was doing search engine marketing um but then mobile marketing came around pay you know paid search and adsense 
before AdSense with Google, with uh, with Overture and GoTo.com, whenever, you know, when you could auction, you could buy keywords and have your ads pop up. I mean, that was that was really cool. Like, you could drive so much traffic for so cheap back in the day. And so as these new technologies would come up, I'd always... I always keep one foot here with what I'm good at and what I'm working on. And then I always put another foot in that next door where I know there's a new skill that I know that the things are coming. And so now I'm paying attention to that and I'm still doing that to this very day. Right. Right. So, and I think that's, what's one of the things that have helped drive my career. Social media came on. I did a, I did social media advertising campaigns on Friendster, <laughs> right. In 2002 or 2003 or something. Still right? waiting for you to accept my. Your Friendster? Yeah. Friendster request? Yeah. Sorry about that, bro. You still follow me on MySpace? <laughs> Big fan. I got you on my top eight. I don't. Is that I, a thing? I don't, I don't even know if they still have that on top eight. I know it became like a like a music site for a while. Timberlake bought it, and yeah. I don't even know. Um, but they sold out, and Facebook won, and uh, yeah, there it is. We were, talking, we were talking about that the other day, and I pointed out I might need to go update my page. Might need to update. I, I don't even know if I it's think, there. I think some things have changed. I don't even know if I could log into my, my MySpace. I think they've changed it all, Yeah, and uh, all of it's gone away. So maybe I have a screenshot somewhere. But So, so all the stuff you just talked about, it's, uh, for those of you that are those of us, and I went, uh, I didn't exactly have that same path, mm-hmm. but, you know, like one of my books, I talk about like the early days of like SEO and like mm-hmm. how easy some things were. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've considered the world of e-commerce and search to be so sophisticated. And even 10 years ago, we we're like, wow, this is so sophisticated. And it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. still the Wild West. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it really was a lot easier um, to do stuff mm-hmm. and, and get a lot of stuff done and get fine it found and generate traffic. And now, you know, and here's the thing that was 10 years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was an internet generation ago. It wasn't like 50 years ago. I right. mean, this is like 10 years, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was still kind of an old, Oh nine. I was still kind of an old man back then. Right. I mean, not, the, I mean, we're, are we, we're kind of old. Yeah. I mean, we're I mean, both, in our, of, we're both in our forties yeah, now. Yeah. 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 The, the thing is, is like, we look back and we're like, Oh, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago. Well, you know what? I, I think that, you know, for some industries and for some generations, I think that, you know, aging can be a detriment because there's ageist kind of stuff out there. But when you're an innovator and you're working in a space that's always changing and you've had the opportunity to see multiple changes and you kind of know how it works and you're in, an innovative sort of thinker, you know, I don't know what your Myers-Briggs personality type is, but I'm an ENTP. And so like, I'm a, I'm a, I like to debate ideas. I am a, an inventor. There's been a lot of really amazing people throughout time that are, have been ENTPs. That's one thing that I would suggest everyone who is listening to, if you don't know your what your personality yeah. is, yeah. you know, that's what helped me step into my own greatness. Yeah, when I agree. I, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I, there's a chapter in one of my books about personality styles because mm-hmm. you got it first off. Now I don't use Myers-Briggs as more of a disc guy. Okay. So like I'm a high type D. highly driven, Mm -hmm. which is often confused with the I category, which is a different version of type A. Mm -hmm. And those are the social butterflies. I totally knew you were a D. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it it, was it my GPA that gave me away (laughs) because that might've been the average, but like, for example, like with a high type D, like I'm like a 99 out of a hundred for drive Mm. and dominance. Mm. And, you know, but at the same time, the talkative outgoing nature can be confused easily for someone that's a social butterfly, which mm. I'm really not. Mm. I can, I can be one, but yeah. that's, I think it starts with first understanding who you are also so you can communicate. Cause it's about communications. If you're mm. talking to someone with a different personality style than you, you have, 
well, you can still potentially communicate with them, but you are going to communicate with them on a different level if you adapt yourself slightly to the way that they want the message received. Mm -hmm. So like uh, the type B or introverted personality and also understanding like what kind of data do they want? They're more analytical. They, mm -hmm. they want, they care more. They're just as concerned about the process as they are about the outcome. You well, it goes into you, some networking and some sales type yeah, of stuff when you start yeah. thinking about the other folks. Well, even communication with like, for like sure. my wife's an introverted person. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I've tr been trying to get her to understand for years. I'm like, just lay it on me. Go mm -hmm. bottom line. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me about it. Just, you know, mm -hmm. get right to it because I, I have a feeling you're the same way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just tell me what's up. Yeah. Give me the tweet. Don't give me the nine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a good idea. I'm going to limit my wife to 160 characters yeah. before asking. Yeah. And, but you're, you're totally right. Like understand something about yourself. And also that can give you, a, it can, I mean, dude, these, these are like massive sample sizes of, mm -hmm. of research that people put into this for, for sure. like a hundred years. Yeah. And so I mean, do you think that, uh, so your personality style is, is, and I know enough about them. I mean, you're still on the side of the graph that I am. Uh, do you, it, I think that's good for marketing people. Mm. Do you? You know, I think so. I mean, have having been all around, it's like I know that sometimes I'm very extroverted, and then sometimes I'm just, just like, be left alone. Leave yeah, me yeah, alone. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I, after I get off off stage, yep. I have that initial okay. People want to chat with you. You got like 20, 30 people around wanting yep. to chat. And then after that, leave me alone. Leave me alone for a while. I need yep. to go. I need to go recharge because yep. now I've given all of my energy yep. away. Yep. But then sometimes that that walk to the elevator is you know. Hey Travis, hey, you know, and I love it. I love chatting with people, but just you know, your battery, it's exhausting. your battery just gets drained. Yeah. And but I mean, I love people. I love helping out and adding value to folks. I mean, people have come to me, you know, over the years, time and time again, where I've been able to help, you know, give them insights into their business through strategies that can help them. And I mean, one of the things I did when I was at Semantic, I was the uh, global digital strategist for Norton Online, the antivirus company, right? And um, they had a problem where they're, um, you know, whenever you get up, you buy a brand new computer and you'd have like Norton pre-installed on yeah. it or those antivirus. And the problem is, is that they would have such a huge amount of like, what was it? 180 million uninstalls of that a year. And I was like, man, if we could just move the needle 1% on that, it's like that's yeah. a huge amount of money. And so we went through the process. Like, what does that process look like? Oh, you do this, you do that. Um, well, basically for the first 30 days, you don't even know it's on your computer right? Then it's basically, it starts to tell you, oh, uh, you need to renew this now or your computer is going to turn into a zombie and you're, 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 you're going to have, you're going to be virused all like fearing, scaring people. And I said, let's just change the messaging a little bit. Let's add some social elements into it. Let's show them what we're doing and the value that we're adding. And look, we found this many viruses. We're protecting this. Oh, all your, all your photos are safe with us and blah, blah, blah. And so just changing that message, we thought if we could move the needle 1%, it could be a huge amount. We ended up moving the needle almost 6% just because of changing the messaging yeah. and actually adding value into it. And so I, I, do, I do that a lot with folks is help them, you know, I, I can view things through another lens just because I think with my experience yep. and how I'm a creative thinker and having, you know, stacked so many different skills in so many different areas over time that, um, you know, I have a different perspective that I can look at their business in a different way. And normally I'm always able to help them in some way become more profitable or become more productive yeah. or streamlined or, you know, help them do some things in a different way that gives them a better outcome. I, you know, I, I find myself doing that a lot with, well, not only, not only for my own businesses, but a, a lot of people ask the mm -hmm. same. And, and 
maybe that was, I, I don't know what makes my thought process different than the people that might already be there, mm-hmm. but I do look at things a little different. And I think that, you know, one of the things you hinted on there, um, so I use this term, I, I, I guess I just kind of made it up, but I call it fact shaping. Like you don't want to lie. You have the facts, but the way you shape your message around them mm-hmm. has a lot to do. Like what you were saying, like the, your computer is going to become a zombie. Like, do I really want you to buy because of fear? Mm-hmm. Eh, not theoretically. It doesn't necessarily hurt, but what are the benefits of what we're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, how are you saving me money, time, making things less of a headache? And I mean, do you spend a lot of time thinking about that? Cause I do actually mm-hmm. like, especially with my own message. Like we talked before we turn on the recording, like, what do you do? Uh, you got a minute? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of shit. Right. You know, I think, you know, I, I, I mean, like I'm always trying to condense it down. Mm-hmm. Like, can I say this in five words? Rather right. Than right. 20. I, I do that. Maybe not consciously. Well, no. but I seem to, you know, I, I seem to have like epiphanies just go poof and like, Oh, yeah. there it is. You yeah. know, it's like, I will, you know, m- not necessarily meditate on it, but I'm going to think about it and I'm going to have my subconscious kind of working on it. And then whenever I have a quiet moment, it's like that answer sort of appears. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've always, I've always been able to do that. It's, um, I don't know what causes that or, or, or how that happens. Maybe it's the late night smoke sessions. I don't question it anymore, It's just man. like, here it is. And yeah, I'm like, I don't oh, question it. You have I've been to, looking for that. Yeah. But, the, and then you have to capture it too. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know if your if your mind's like mine is, which is going 10 million miles an hour, mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on up there. Mm-hmm. Some stuff I'd love to get rid of. Yeah. Well, that's why I got to <laughs> quiet yeah. my mind. Like I yeah. will sit and I will quiet the mind because I believe that when your mind, when you're able to quiet your mind, your mind's going 10 million mm-hmm. miles an hour, you quiet your mind. And then the important stuff can get yeah, through, yeah. right? Because there's so much clutter in there that I don't know if it's your guardian angels or your spirit guides or whatever, or if it's just your different part of your brain that's trying to get a thought through to you. If your brain is always cluttered and you're always thinking about this and thinking about that and thinking about this and your brain's always blah, 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 blah you got to quiet that down, quiet your mind down. I, I imagine I went through this, um, this program called uh, uh, Jose Silva's Ultra Mind, and he has this thing where it's like, imagine there's this big iron box big iron or lead box, you open up the lid, you put all your thoughts in there, close the lid, boom. And now then you get your point where you can just kind of zen out and not think, not thinking it can be very hard to do because your brain goes, it's actually almost impossible. And then I just, I just, we just let that thought flow away. It's kind of when they're going to come and you go, okay, you acknowledge that it's there and you just let it flow away. But if it's important, then you write it down. So I'll put a piece of, I'll put a notepad near my, where I meditate or whatever. I'm sitting down and just, I don't really call it meditation. I'm just kind of chilling, chilling and kind of clearing my mind. Buddhists say, just sit. Mm, Yeah. Like literally just sit. It just be quiet. Turn everything off. Like even like your computer, like even like the fan on a computer tower. Mm. It's too much noise. Well, like, no, sometimes that just that that noise right there can help can, you drown, can drown out every stuff. Sure. But that's it. It's just, you know, if you can quiet your mind, some of those answers to those problems that you're having can come through a little bit more clearer. And um, you know what? I think if we all quieted our minds a little bit more, the world would probably be a little more happy. It's noisy. <laughs> it's pretty and noisy. It's noisy and, then, and then, you know, when we go back to the subject of marketing, that, you know, the increase in noise and selections and mm-hmm. options and. How many and ads things, do we get thrown at us a day? Dude, I mean, infinite. Yeah. So if you, so the, uh, if you took a copy of the, uh, like the New York times mm-hmm. or the, you know, the, whatever the paper was, the Washington post, you have enough paper to wallpaper all surfaces in the average home. Right. So like how you just put fake news everywhere. Well, but it's not even that <laughs> it's like, okay, so now you have to, you have something the size of a business card. Right. And, and, and Hey, find it. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a, if I told if I invited especially you over, the Sunday paper if I invited you over to my house and I had just wallpapered it with mm-hmm. the New York Times and I, I think was, you were I was, a serial killer probably well maybe <laughs> but I'm like and if you want to get out of here alive you have to find this business card sized right message somewhere mm-hmm. in here get to work that was overpriced and you have sure. seven minutes mm-hmm. or you'll die right this took I'd a be dark, like what the hell is, a, like, what the hell is wrong with you startup hustle guy and clearly why you gotta be killing people in I your I, in your wallpaper at home of the new york post this is a murder-free podcast that's good that's yeah good. well i don't want to die so word to the wise don't don't go to uh, matt matt corsi's house i guess right no it's safe it's safe <laughs> um you can't escape okay we'll let you leave now speaking of killing it and podcasts you have one that is uh kind of popular have one. Actually, I have two podcasts. One is more popular than the other. One just has way more episodes. At the moment. At the moment, yeah. yeah. Having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, the Bad Crypto Podcast mm-hmm. is uh, one. The other one is The Bad Boys of Tech. Mm-hmm. I got a bad theme going. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's fun to do bad things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you say it like that. Yeah. You can good. even get, you take that. So so The Bad Crypto Podcast, um, you, that, you had episode one a couple months before I think we had episode one because I remember talking we had July, about, July, yeah, 2017. So, uh, yeah. We were December. And, uh, now your, that is literally about crypto, mm-hmm. Bitcoin, shit coin, whatever mm-hmm. coin, mm-hmm. all the coins. Um, and at the time that was also when Bitcoin was really taken off, starting to take off. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and at one point I saw you guys in like the top hundred or something on iTunes for all podcasts. Mm-hmm. Now, dude, as that's that congrats. It's hard to do. It's hard to it stay is. there yeah. because it's really the Apple algorithm is so wonky. It's it like I don't even weird. think it is an algorithm. I think it's, it's not. Like just <laughs> who it's, now got downloaded the most today? I don't know. I'll throw them up here. But um yeah, so you want to talk about things that you can game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some level and then and then maybe don't. Right. For maybe the two don't. for the two days you <clears throat> couldn't find the startup hustle podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We are sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Apple will Apple will but uh, not, give it and but take not, it away, but not for violating the terms. Right, we're yeah. just sorry that we can't do that anymore. Yeah, um, but so and you host that with mm-hmm. with Joel Com, okay, Internet Pioneer. People who yeah. know who Joel Com is, he built one of the first twenty thousand websites. Uh, Did he way really? back in the day? Yeah, wow. yeah. And he also built a company called ClassicGames.com that he sold to Yahoo. So I don't know if you remember Yahoo Games. Where you could go there and play like dominoes and spades and hearts and all blackjack and all those. And you, you know, a person could come in and you'd pick an avatar and you could chat with them and play games. He built that. So he sold that to, to Yahoo for a seven figure deal. And, you know, he's written 15 books. I've written one wow. book. So 15? I like to say, I like to say together 15. we've written 16 books, yeah. which sounds really good. Fact shaping. Fact shaping. That is fact shaping. Yeah. But then I always yeah. say I've written one. He's written yeah. 15 because it's funny. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, real, real sharp dude. And uh, great personality. Him and I, uh, we crack so many jokes. We're we're literally the podcast for cryptocurrency that for, for people who are trying to figure it out, we call it for the crypto serious and the crypto curious. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we're the ones that uh, that add a little bit of comedy to it. We were the first ones in in the space that wasn't super nerdy technical. We really were still trying to figure out what crypto was and how it meant and understanding blockchain and we decided to create a podcast to help other people learn about it as we're learning. Yeah. And so we, and we, cre- we did one, one of our more popular episodes is Bitcoin for dummies. Yeah. Cause you, cause you gamed it with the keywords and those you yeah, stuffed it up. Purely <laughs> organic. Purely organic. I saw yeah. you laughing at me like, Oh, yeah. look at my Bitcoin podcast. Yeah. 
ranking higher than yours. I'm like, yeah. I know. And then, and then, and then it, Joel's really it, risk averse. I'm like, dude, we need to stuff for some keywords. It, it was. <laughs> the, and by the way, thanks for the hand on how to do that on some level. Um, right before we outranked you for a couple months on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hey, I told you it's coming. It is. We knew, we knew Apple was doing that. And they, they, what was funny about Apple is they will just, Take your show off do and they not do, even email yeah, you. Yeah, no, they email you after. Yeah, they email you after like yeah. a couple days. They're like, or so. like you've been removed. We and removed you a couple days ago. They don't by really the way. tell you why uh -huh. or that there's a change in anything. Uh -huh. And, you know, anyway, we don't have to get back into that. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, the funny thing was is when they did that, it was just like an algorithm that uh -huh. did it. And it just like, and, and the, 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 and I looked into further because, you know, we weren't trying to like, you know, I mean, we were. You were ranking for all the terms, dude. Like every term, like like whatever your show was, you guys ranked for it. You guys had got that keyword stuff down. You guys locked, had a lot of lockdowns. And, and, and uh, many know, of your listeners probably found you from that. They That's may probably, have. They may great. have. And we have finally returned to that pre-gamed uh, glory. That's good. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It really was way too much work. I like mm -hmm. you know, I like the easy path. For mm -hmm. things. I look at I look at things like, and you know what, um, it. I, I mentioned that and uh, Daryl, our COO, he said, man, if you're not getting kicked off a search engine, Matt, I don't feel like you're really trying because right. I've been, I think I've been penalized by everybody. That's good. I have a section in, in Million Dollar Bedroom about getting just absolutely crushed by the Google duplicate content penalty mm. and then having their, 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 pan, well, it was a panda, a, I got killed by a panda and a penguin. Oh, nice. Yeah, all the different animals. Yes, which was... And that weird. was right about the time that I said, you know what, I'm going to get out of focusing just on search. That's when, that's when we got like, away from that. This is such that. a pain in the ass. Well, we were crushing it. And the, yeah. you know, that was, for me, it was really an, an early lesson. And, well, A, we hadn't really provided ourselves with a backup mm -hmm. in that regard. And then, you know, that's just like, a, I don't know, man. I got over it. Yeah. You know, we did all right. We made, we mm -hmm. made some money. And for us, it was... Uh, actually uh, related to the way we were publishing blogs okay so you know uh tags uh and and a certain wordpress configuration mm -hmm. would create a different url mm -hmm. and at the time google was just obsessed with the url and the page title mm -hmm. so if they matched the keywords you would come up organically mm -hmm. really well so we'd publish an article and we'd put like 25 tags in it and it would make 26 pages of the same article on our oh, site no. which just but well i mean they were still kind of organized right but, right um you know but it just came up under a bunch of different stuff so technically we had a shitload of duplicate content mm -hmm. so when they did the duplicate content penalty and i talk about this in the book it's kind of gut-wrenching feeling because we're doing really well and it was uh, one of our ticket sites mm -hmm. selling event tickets and we're making a couple grand a day mm -hmm. in affiliate revenue that's just not, kind that's of not bad. yeah doing well and, and you know done all right and uh and then it was gone it was like enron stock mm -hmm. i mean i can look back at the traffic graph on that and go wow mm -hmm. okay you know when google throws the womp down or facebook throws the womp down they are such done they're a 900 pound gorilla in the yep. space whenever they yep. say you're done you're done and you are and they're getting in a, you know that's one of the reasons why that i have moved over pretty much mostly to blockchain is because you know I, I see a big problem with that it's like it's almost now that there's such a bias with some of those with some of those large tech companies that if they don't like your opinions yep. they're going to depersonion you and facebook's you, been depersoning people say you've gone through that recently well i was it's, it was one of those days whenever they uh uh, Facebook had had banned, um, you know, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and Alex Jones and um, Laura Laura Loomer and some of those other people. Um, they basically said you can't mention um, Infowars in a positive way. You can only mention them in a negative way, which is the weirdest. Their their, their oh. whole thing is so you can't talk about them. 
And if you do, they're going to, they're going to ban you for a week. And so I was just banning. Yeah. Weird. I was just so pissed. I'm like, I'm politically, I, I mean, I've done that, 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 uh, that political compass thing. And I'm literally right by Gandhi. I'm to the left. I'm, I'm not a big fan of authoritarian governments. I think we need less government, you know, we need more self-ruling and, you know, um, so, but I, you know, I you look a little bit like Gandhi, right? I'm Gandhi with the wind. So, so, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, and so, but the thing is like, I don't care if you're right or if you're left, you don't need to be depersoned online. Yeah. You have a right to speak. And what's happening now is even some financial institutions like Chase, if they don't like your opinion, there's a the guy who uh, created the, the proud boys movement, African-American dude. They depersoned him on Facebook, on Google, on YouTube, on Twitter, and then Chase killed his bank account. Like, but at the same because of but, his opinion, really. But, but at the same time, a lot of people argue, you know, those are private companies. You don't have to use Facebook. You mm-hmm. don't have to use. Yeah. Chase. So what and happens? That's, that's the what happens when they say, like, "Oh, yeah. you have AT and T. AT and T didn't like who you were. T- you were talking to yeah. your brother, and you had they had you had a conversation they didn't like, yeah. and so they went ahead and shut you off. You don't. You can no longer have AT and T. Oh, it's a private company. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a private company. KCP and L, private company, your electricity company. They don't like. And that's some, where you cross the line. To when are you a public utility? When are you a private company? Right? When are you able to do this? Social media that? now is the, is today's town hall. Yeah. Facebook has two hundred or two billion people on their website that is the public town hall youtube you know that the thing is is that there are special rules for publishers and there's special rules for platforms and when you cross that line then if you start becoming a publisher and you start making these editorial decisions then they can come in and smack you for anything that's coming bad on copyright stuff all this if you stay agnostic and say i'm a platform then you can people can do and say what they're going to say on your website but what's happening is these big companies are now eliminating people from the right in my mind, they're, they're doing that for a reason to impact elections down the road because they don't want people to think or hear certain people's opinions. And so that's a problem to me, even though that I'm not on that side of the fence, I will always fight for free speech. And because it's, it's one of the main things that makes our country great is the fact that we have free speech, right? And uh, you, you don't have that in the UK. You don't have that in Sweden. You, you say certain things, the, the police will come to your door. If you say something that they deem hateful on Facebook, there's more police fueling, you know, looking all over Facebook for people saying bad things that's going to hurt somebody's feelings and come and arrest you than they are, you know, searching for people who are murdering people. It's crazy what's going to happen. And even in China, China has this social credit system yeah. that if you, you know, search for certain things online that they don't like, or you're talking to certain people, or you do certain things that the government doesn't view as a good citizen, they they ding your score. And they no longer allow you to ride the high-speed rail trains. They no longer allow you to get on airplanes. And blockchain, to me, is is the solution that kind of helps keep us away from this authoritarian kind of a thing. Because is it just because of the decentralized nature of it? The decentralized nature of it. When you have these centralized companies that have too much power yeah. and you know their, their executives have certain political bends and certain biases, and they, they would like everybody to have that opinion – well, and they start kicking off people who don't have that opinion and start demonizing those folks. That's a problem. And um, I'm, I'm all for free speech. And so I think blockchain is one of the things that can help people and help us move forward where we can get along a little better. You know, the, basically, this just turned into a sociological conversation, mm. which is good. But the and the big sociological question with all that, whenever you have 
uh, people with the ability to be a watcher is who watches the watchers. Right. And, you know, the, and exactly. And we like to think that things can be logical in our decision making process, but they're not because human nature takes over. Like uh -huh. you look at some of like the things, you know, the NSA type things like, okay, if you had just had the ability to turn on anybody's camera on the, on their laptop and look at what they were doing, you're going to go so long before you finally use that in a way that mm. it is not. Well, even like Alexa, perfect. Alexa has had yeah. issues where yeah. people in Amazon are listening to people's conversations. Yeah. It's going well. And like literally every conversation that you have, it's recording it and storing it yeah. on, on their servers on and AWS. And it makes it flawed. And yeah. It makes it flawed. So, you know, so as far as the, but how does blockchain solve that? Mm-hmm. Well, blockchain basically it uh, depends on the, depends on the blockchain, but blockchain by itself it's it's transparent. It's an immutable database that allows you to store data. Well, you can't change it, you can't edit it, and uh, if you have a business that's a decentralized business in nature, where there's a lot of companies out there, like for example, Ethereum. There's no Ethereum headquarters. It's it's a it's a business protocol. Right. And so uh, many people have they will store that blockchain on their computer. People are mining it. Uh, but Bitcoin is the one that's the most popular blockchain. And let's just talk about the decentralization of money. Right. So if you're an American, you know, all your money's coming from the Federal Reserve Bank. Right. I mean, that's that's where the money is. It's never been audited. We don't know how much money is in the Federal Reserve. But with Bitcoin, or how much gold's in the bank? We don't know how much yeah. is there. Well, actually, the dollar is not backed by yeah. gold. Well, it's, it's it used to be. be. Yeah used to be but it, that was decoupled in the 70s by nixon yeah. and and so with with blockchain specifically bitcoin it's a decentralized uh, platform the database that nodes or people are running it on their computer all over the world and what happens is is that all the transactions within that within the last 10 minutes go into a block right and all these computers all around are verifying all of these transactions and when all those verif all those transactions are verified, there's another little um, computational thing they have to solve, a big problem. When that problem is solved, boop, that block is now complete, and Bitcoin is now created from that. So Bitcoin is the incentive for miners, which is called miners. That's people who have B Bitcoin blockchain on their computer. It's the incentive for them to verify all the transactions, right? Because that's what takes you away from a bank. That, that's a, a bank is, it has a clearinghouse that they verify all the transactions and, and make sure your money goes in the right place. And I, I just deposit a check and then two days later it clears and now I have the money in my account because the clearinghouse has approved it. This happens with individuals all around. So if you have blockchain decentralized and all this data in all these different places where nobody necessarily owns it, there is no Bitcoin headquarters. There's no Ethereum headquarters. There's no Litecoin headquarters. Right. There's Technically, no, there's no Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, maybe there is. Maybe there is. Satoshi Nakamoto is the one who's accredited with yeah. creating Bitcoin. Most likely, it's a group of people. Yeah. Right. Uh, Dr. Craig Wright is out there saying that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. You know, there's going to be some issues with that. A lot of people are like, you're full of it. And maybe you are. I don't know. But um, if you were, why were you anonymous for 10 years? And then all of a sudden, hey, you're right. I'm Satoshi. But the point is, is that when you can decentralize and distribute information all across these vast networks where no one controls it, no one owns it, that's great for business. That's great for 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 openness in, in society. Right. It's got a lot of a lot of uh, and I think people largely just don't understand 
blockchain because it goes way past Bitcoin. It's way not past just about it. currency. Mm-hmm. Like blockchain te- techno- technology does a lot of stuff. And you mm-hmm. look, and one of the things we previously discussed is you look back at like financial records. Mm-hmm. And if you have a ledger and it's written in pencil and you have an eraser and a fucking pencil, mm-hmm. you can change history. Right. right. And, I mean, you and, mentioned and, Enron yeah. earlier on. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what happened. They had a yeah. book. Here's the real yeah. books and here's yeah. the, here's the, here's the fake books for that the stuff. That makes it easier, you know, and, the, and then that scenario I just described, I mean, you could steal money. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot of different things. That's what things. they were doing. And, and Blockchain then, yeah. stops that. Yeah. So now imagine, now there's also things called smart contracts that can be built yep. on top of these blockchains, right? Especially with Ethereum and some of these other ones where you could build, and there, there is, there's one called Steam It. Where it's a it's a decentralized social media platform where people get paid for the content they create. If you like it, if you create a piece of content, people like it. You actually earn crypto for them liking it. There's a great um, uh, app out there called Bravo. It's uh, it's like Yelp for reviews. You literally are leaving reviews out there, and you get paid crypto for your review. People like your review, then they rate it up, and then boom, you get crypto. I did a review on Bravo the other day. I got ninety Bravo on it. Bravo's worth like 15 cents. <laughs> so that was what? Yeah. Decent little chunk of change. Yeah. No, you're rich. Dude. 20 bucks, 30 bucks. I don't Can know. Borrow 20 bucks. Yeah, for a review that I left. Right. Are you yeah. serious? And so what happens is you have all these platforms like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube where the, where we are creating all the content that they're getting rich off of. Right now, YouTube can, you know, you can get money on, on YouTube if you're, you know, part of their partner program, but they can also demonetize all your videos and yeah. pay you nothing if they want. Yeah. Right. So there's what's happening is there's all kinds they actually of decentralized did that to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, they, they killed our that, blockchain. Yeah. They killed our uh, bad crypto YouTube channel for about 14 months until they finally gave it back to us. Hmm. So we had a video on there that showed people how to get their $10 worth of free bitcoin on coinbase by signing up and we basically created a video and they just went through and was wiping everybody off so we had like three thousand subscribers it was really early on and we were gaining lots of momentum and they just killed our youtube channel for no reason so hate that stuff i hate you know it's like i've always fought against the powers that be you know it's like that's why i'm not a good employee i'm a good person who can run my own company run my own business but People want to tell me what to do and how to do it. They just, just, I don't like that. And so I always find a way to sort of be like, wait a second, here's a better way. There was used to be a commercial back in the day. It was BASF. We don't make a lot of the products that you buy. We make a lot of the products you buy better. That's me. It's like I literally optimize things and I find ways to make things better. Tell me your business idea. Let me sit down and do strategy with you. I'm going to make your business better. I'm going to make you more money. I'm going to find ways to make what you do better just because that's how I'm wired. And you've recently done that. So you've become an authority in the space of crypto. Now, if you're mining really anything, it's pretty resource intense. Mm-hmm. And that requires computers that are new, cutting edge or something. They, you know, I don't know. We, we I did a little experiment turning old computers into, mm-hmm. you know, mining rigs and, you know, had to buy expensive graphics cards and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you've actually come up with a solution for that that encourages those that may not have the world's greatest computers to mine crypto. Mm-hmm. And what do we call that? Bad coin? Bad coin. Yeah. Yeah. Started, why not? Started out as kind of a joke. Um, <laughs> but we started bad crypto. And then about a month into it, there's a platform called BitShares, which was created by the same guy who created Steemit and the same guy who created EOS. But um, the platform enabled us to just cost a hundred bucks and we were able to 
create, you know, our own coin. We called it bad coin and we had 10 million, 10 billion of them. And we were just giving them out. Give us a review. We'll give you some bad coin. You totally see, worthless. You, you sent me some. I sent you some worthless bad coin. Yeah. Are those not, I can't. Those I, are, those. Can I convert them? You into can your... convert those because we created a new chain. So about 10 months ago, I had an idea and I was like, you know, so with Bitcoin now, Bitcoin, you know, has become so centralized with just a few set of pools. There's like four big pools maybe seven smaller pools. And what they do is these pools basically pool all of this computational power all together, and they're all working together to mine Bitcoin. And whenever, if they mine some Bitcoin, then it gets divided amongst, you know, the, whoever has the most power within that pool, and they divide it all out. So if you're sitting with it with a laptop, you're not able to mine, you're not able to mine Bitcoin. Back in 2010, I was able to mine Bitcoin with my yeah. laptop. And I mined a block of Bitcoin. I got 50 Bitcoin. And I mined, or yeah, I went to 50 a, Bitcoin. A 50 Bitcoin back in two, the early 2010. I saw an and article that, on Slashdot. And at that point, it's funny because it was probably 2010 when, and I remember sitting with Daryl because Daryl's on his third company with me uh -huh. now. And we were like, man, this Bitcoin stuff. And we sat there and I was going to buy a thousand Bitcoin. And I think they were like eight bucks a piece. Uh -huh. That'd probably been later in 2010. I, I can't remember, but yeah. I mean, they, it was less than 10 grand. Yeah. And I was like, how much would we get for 10 grand or something like that? And oh. I, you know, you look back at it. I mean, uh, sure. Should have, could have, would have. Yeah, you'd have been, you'd have been. Uh, I like the people been... when it was like $20,000 a coin. They were like, well, that was a $20,000 pizza that I bought because <laughs> some, some place accepted Bitcoin in, you know, 2010. No, actually that was pizza, pizza day. They just happened a couple of days ago. And the dude went on Bitcoin talk the forum and said, Hey, I want to buy. I want to buy some pizzas. Who will take ten thousand, you know, Bitcoin for some pizzas? And dude bought two two pizzas for ten thousand Bitcoin. You got to imagine if he had ten thousand Bitcoin, he probably had a hundred thousand Bitcoin. Yeah. So I don't think it probably hurt his feelings too much over time. But I mean, when you're without hungry, the, when you're hungry, you're hungry. Yeah, you're hungry. That's true. But the thing is, is that if those early pioneers hadn't have been trading, yeah. getting Bitcoin in people's hands. So, anyways, my laptop, you know, over time, over about the next month, it crashed, and so I got all my important files off except my Bitcoin. Because it was worth oh, nothing geez. at the time. So back in January, back so in January of 2018, that was a that was 1.1 million dollar yeah. a laptop that's in a dump somewhere. But yeah, and that's crazy too, because I, I I and I don't have any figures on it. You might have a better idea of it, but there's quite a bit of quite a bit of lost of Bitcoin. Yeah. There, yeah, well, because early on in the game, yeah. So they think that there's 17 million Bitcoin that's in circulation right now. They think that probably anywhere between maybe two and three million is lost. You said 17 million? 17 million. That's actually a pretty, that might sound like a lot, but that's a pretty small amount. There's only 21 to like million the, the, total. The coins that come out now, like uh -huh. you said, how many bad coin came out? 21 billion. Okay. Yeah. That makes the million you sent me not sound. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, that was one of the things that we decided was that it was cool. I liked that I could mine Bitcoin on my laptop. Yeah. And so where, where can we mine bad coin? Well, you can go to badcoin.net and um, basically there's a, there's a sets up, here's how to mine, download the document. It'll show you how to download the miner and get the wallet and get it all set up. But um, man, we, we had a real development team spend a little over a thousand hours building out bad coin. And what's cool about it is it's a multi-chain of five algorithms. And so this is actually in the, it sounded like it was a joke, bad coin, ha ha. But we've got over 400 people mining it concurrently right now. Yeah. And soon to be 401. Yeah. Ooh, maybe there's actually, we were close to 500. And, um, and so that's what the thing was. It's, it's the way that it's set up is you can set, you can connect to bad coins blockchain with those super badass computers, 
But what happens is, is the difficulty to try to mine that block becomes really high and your reward over time becomes really low. So if you're mining with like a MacBook or you're mining with your PC, you connect to the S-Script algorithm and that right there is churning out bad coin all day long. You could probably mine, you know, I don't know, anywhere between 1,000 to 2,500 bad coin a day just on a regular cruddy computer. Now we got people in like Kenya mining. We got people in South America mining it. The goal is to have, you know, over the course of the next couple, two, three years, have upwards of 100,000 people around the world mining bad coin. And um, yeah, it's very fast. You can send it to somebody. You get it within a minute. And uh, it's a peer-to-peer coin, just sort of like Bitcoin is, except there's more of them. It's faster. And, um, you know, it's just, it's for, it's for fun and educational to really teach people how it all works. But People are loving it. They're having fun doing it. That's one of the things they say is like the the adjective we hear most often with it is, wow, it's so fun. I love seeing just bad coins showing up in my wallet. This is great. I've always wanted to mine, but I didn't want to have to go buy all those computers or buy that super fancy thing because I didn't quite understand it. So this is really teaching people how to do that. And in the process, man, if we're able to do this in some in some developing countries and and help them start mining it and you know give them some ability to do some of that stuff, that it could be really powerful. So if you're out there listening right now, go to badcoin.net, start mining some coins, and we want to hear back from you later how many bad coin. Uh, and I I feel that if our listeners mine enough bad coin, we could pay your appearance fee for the second visit. Right. Because well, this well, was gratis. My but... first one, my first was free. <laughs> I didn't even get You know what? But you have taken me to a couple of Royals games oh, sitting boom. in the suite. So I was like... Boom. That was the and I just and I had a better looking person than me ask you to come. That's true. Once Breland said, Hey, would you like to come on? I'm like, All right, I'll come in. She actually told me after she had already booked you, and I was like, Okay, so that's what that took. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. So we should ask. It's a big part part of getting what you want. That's true. You gotta ask for what you want. Well, it's one of the key things in life, man. If you don't know what you want, then any any, I think uh, George Harrison said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Yeah. Because you got to know what you want. You got to have a clear, definitive vision of what it is you're trying to accomplish. And if you're in startup hustle land, you're trying to build a startup. You're not just trying to build a startup. You're trying to build a specific startup that that you're trying to do to solve the problem that you figured out that you're doing. You got a definitive goal right there. And so you're working towards that. So a lot of people who are listening got that, got that down on lock. And so that's part of, that's part of the challenges, man, figure out what the hell you want to do and then devote all your energy to it. And don't waste a lot of time on shit that doesn't matter. Like I didn't watch game of Thrones. I don't care about that. I'm busy stacking skills. I'm busy growing my business. You know, I I have an agency CCP digital, which does ccp.digital ccp.digital where we, we do a lot of, we have a lot of clients where we're managing their, they're paid and paid search and paid social and mobile ads and YouTube ads and Facebook and all that stuff. And, you know, so I have that and we, we rock it with that. We have bad crypto, have bad, fun with that. Bad crypto podcast.com. Yep. It's almost as if I have these things written down. You do. You got them right. Oh, I do. You do. Very fancy. I barely read my own handwriting. Though. Yeah. That's what happens over time. I think our handwriting skills atrophy. No, it's my eyes. I can't see. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just guessing that what I'm seeing good. right here. You, did, um, you guessed well. So a couple of things, uh, if you want to read Travis's first book, Digital Sense, uh, published by Wiley, uh, mm-hmm. it's readily available on Amazon. It is available on is Amazon. Is that where they should buy it? They can also, else? yeah, well, they can go to Amazon, it's fine. Um, yeah, we, we basically built the book to future-proof your business and have a book that is about marketing that can still be relevant 10 years from now. Yep. So it's not one of those things that even though it came out in uh, you know 2017, it's still relevant today because we have a lot of different 
a part of different playbooks in there and different things that you can um, go through on your business to help make your business better. Where can we find you on the Facebooks and the Twitters? You know, um, where can we Facebook, can we stalk you on Facebook the is mostly uh, family stuff. I would say connect with me on the Twitters. Do, uh, is there? Don't you have a mastermind on? Is oh, we do, but yeah, that's for that's for the bad crypto. Yeah, yeah so bad yeah, crypto yeah. mastermind. Uh, yeah, you can type in bad crypto. But one's but, one step at a time. Yeah, bad crypto. Get, get, get you don't need to be my friend one. yet. I don't know you. I don't, yeah. even th- I don't even think you're my friend yet on Facebook. Yeah, I yeah. am. How else would I see the videos? <laughs> How else would I know, I know so much about up, up, down, down, up? No, down, down, down up, up, down. Down, down, up, down, down. And speaking of which, um, and I'll leave it up to you as to whether or not you will permit us to publish the picture of you that your sister sent. Yeah, so my father recently passed away. And I'm sorry about that. And th- thank you. And so she was going through all these photos and she found this epic photo of me That's wearing so a pair good. of white overall shorts, which oh are God. great. So uh, there's probably better pictures out there to, to make it more serious. You can add that if, as well if you want to add some serious look, dude, ones. That too. was you. That was me. That was yeah, you. Yeah, that was very good. And, uh, you know, your sister was showing us. She came out to the Royals game with mm-hmm. us. and she, she Her first Royals game ever. She's nice, and, and we're glad we could provide that experience. So you look kind of like what Mario may have looked like when he grew up or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah, as a teenager. And, uh, yeah, this, so when Before was this the picture? Stash. This was like 30 years ago. That picture had to be look, probably like, 92, 93. Those are good years. Yeah. Those are good years. But. Yeah, and you know the thing was is you I looked at, I looked days. at this picture and uh and I was kind of poking fun at you and you said, Well, at least I'm wearing Jordans and I zoomed in, I was like, No, dude. Mm. I'm sorry. Those you actually had you actually what's funny is you actually had the picture. I never had the picture. I, I just had the video that she sent yes. when she was laughing at me. I have me an bitch. original source file here. Oh, that's good. And I and you know, maybe we'll leave that up. If we uh, okay. That's where we this is we should sell this original copy and sure. have it be purchased actually with the bad original coin, coffee with bad coin so if you can go mine enough yeah, bad coin yeah. go to badcoin.net so turn on all your computers everything so focus good. them all on increasing that mining pool mm-hmm. and then we will have an auction yeah. for who will pay the and, most and bad it's, coin. it's so like my sister to totally give that picture up so easily she's she, well because you saw the video probably well, you know, i did and and i was actually a little upset because then i realized i lost a lot of my firepower oh yeah and you even pointed that out yeah yeah and, it's like, and, you know it is what it you is know, people but, need to laugh you gotta be able to laugh at yourself if you take yourself too seriously then what why <laughs> yeah i know i hear you that's actually why i think it's funny like the guitar videos mm-hmm. oh yeah like, most people would have just you know like, oh my god <laughs> Those are good. Um, I love that down, down, up, up, down. It still cracks should, me up. We might need to record something together. Just, yeah. we'll have, we'll just have like or down, down, up, up, down version two. Well, yeah, but we'll have to have a you number know, nine. Like we'll just number be called. The, we'll we'll call call our band the Bad Startup. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> Which most startups are bad. Most startups fail. Yeah. So don't feel too bad about that, folks. I mean, nine out of ten startups do fail. What is it? One out of ten startups, or what is it? one out of a hundred startups or something will last like five years or 10 yeah. years or something crazy. The statistics are so hard to yeah. do a business. So what I would say is make sure to partner with really smart people yep. and uh, do good stuff, man. You got to be ready to, to get into a dog fight. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not, not easy. It's not, it's not easy, man. <laughs> it is like, and you, especially when you get to start trying to get funding. Like I was doing a startup in 2008 called Atticus, which really was early. It was right when, when um, you know, the iPhone first came out 
And the idea was, okay, I want to do geo-targeted ads based on where I am. But that was that was way before Beacon technology yeah, came out. Yeah, you weren't ready for so that. So Beacons weren't ready, but we were really close to it. And it was like, okay, so I want to show, you know, even even display ads based on where you are. And I want to show, uh, I want phone ads. I mean, if I'm driving by a certain place, when I'm whenever I'm calling somebody and you get that, like, that's a place for an ad. Like, oh, I just smacked the door, smacked the table. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, uh, Minsky's has $10 pizzas today, you know, or, or something. Just, there's so many different ways you could do advertising more effectively. And that's really where my sort of, you know, exploration of that blockchain in advertising is going to totally change the game again because it eliminates all the fraud because you can yeah. see exactly where the clicks are coming from. The That's US... been a hot topic lately too. Man. Google Google's going to have to settle up big time mm -hmm. on a lot of the ads. A lot of fraud, the other lot of fraud going on out there, especially yeah. in mobile ads. Yeah. Most mobile clicks, you know, that these uh, ad agencies are paying for and these big brands are paying for, man, they're fraudulent. And so when you get into blockchain advertising, that's just that whole sort of stacking skills. Yep. The skill that I'm stacking on right now is understanding all these blockchain advertising platforms, interviewing them, talking to them, understanding what they're doing, how they're impacting the business, because there's going to be a whole new wave of uh, opportunities because the old way of doing advertising is almost done. Yeah. Yeah, we actually did an episode a while back about industries that are dying, mm -hmm. and like half of them were related to things in print. Mm. I mean, big time. I mean, everything from newspapers. To TV and, well, and then, okay, so just in the, so our books actually came out at some, you, you were, I was June, the June, March and June of 2017. Mm -hmm. Your book came out, the Digital Sense came, came out, out in January 17. Okay, so right around that time. I, I just, figure out what you're doing and then i do it three months later maybe. that's great yeah <laughs> I guess so. I get, oh it, travis is doing a podcast i need it, to start thinking yeah. about this podcast thing yeah uh, <laughs> i'm not sure that yes that's been the plan very good that's the blueprint so i need to figure out what you're doing now mm. so i can tell my Blockchain wife advertising I'm, i need to tell jill what i'm doing in three nice. months that's she good. likes to know she likes and to know. also i'm gonna bring my daughter in on that's it. good she, okay well you've met her she's a good salesperson there you go yeah so how old is she four she's four and a half nice yeah. that's good yeah when she's five i probably let her start coming to work that's we, good we picked out a biz nice dev desk. yeah picked out a nice desk you know the sad thing is is she is actually a better salesperson than a lot of the salespeople i know that's good yeah teaching her early yeah well we we did a demo that's true didn't, didn't you learn that she like, did. hey did, what, what does every business need and she'll tell you customers mm -hmm. and what do customers do they buy things and what do they buy them with money yeah or maybe crypto maybe who crypto who knows there you go so um well man thanks for coming in i feel like we could probably like go for like a thousand episodes mm -hmm. and then they we, probably would probably bore all the all of your listeners yeah they tuned out long ago yeah if you There's are like four stragglers listening remaining maybe maybe <laughs> i you know and actually do you, do you have any shout outs you want to give anybody you want to say hi to because i know that um the goal here was weren't we trying to increase your power rating yeah i was trying to get my clout score to be a little higher but then <laughs> the cloud, cloud disappeared <laughs> yeah and then and then uh, uh wait what was it bravo bravo is this going to bring your Bravo rating up? Uh, no. Is that not how it works? That's just a cool platform. There's another one out there called Karma, which is a which is sort of like a Facebook, Instagram I've type of site. I've seen that one before. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff that's popping up in the blockchain world. Uh, you know, I would just say check out Bad Crypto Podcast if you like want to learn about crypto. Uh, bad Boys of Tech if you like listening to tech. If you want to hear my joke, my bad jokes, you can tune in either one of those. CCP.digital if you need any advertising stuff, especially with this new blockchain stuff coming in. And um, I guess I would just end it how we end all bad crypto. And I would just say, stay bad.
And you know, that's good to know. That's mm-hmm. good to know. And I'm going to let you do that again, but I have to write a couple of wrongs myself. I, okay. uh, you know, I owed a shout out to Brian Edwards. You ever go to like people point something out you needed to fix and you want to like, oh, so okay. Brian Edwards, thank you for pointing out an issue on our website. Okay. And I went to go do that. And I was like, and the guy, uh, yeah. You know, so I'm never prepared to do a shout out. And that's then good. also, um, a funny thing too. You, I maybe we'll have you back when we expand this. We did the entrepreneur fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. We'd literally drafted teams from mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, but Hetty Lamar, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay, did not know it was a woman. Mm-hmm. And we were like, who is this dude? <laughs> so to our to our female listeners okay. out there, um, we are sorry and thank you for pointing that out. That was not intentional. So it was a, it was an entrepreneur draft where you were like draft like Nikola Tesla. You like uh, he, he was so we let actually Breland, who has now become our producer, because mm-hmm. um, that's what we do. You talk about Swiss Army knife and yeah, having yeah. being able to do a lot of different things. She does a lot of different stuff Very for nice. us, but she's helped with that. So I asked her to find a list. Of, we, so we took twenty and we had to pick teams. Something I'd wanted to do for a long time. So we drafted. And how do you how do you have a how do you have a team of deceased entrepreneurs well travis you know we didn't really say that they were going to compete it mm-hmm. was more of just like the draft okay. we're trying to work that out okay we're going to get together with joel.com and okay. see if we can build a game around that maybe right. i don't know right i don't know maybe we'll use bad coin next yeah. time to yeah. like make well, it I, I would like to draft nikola tesla i well i mentioned because he wasn't on the list oh, and we went back hell? so we had like 20 tesla people so the with list. the first overall pick i took henry ford okay and i ended up with ford i had both founders of google um rockefeller oprah okay that's i you know i needed a brand ambassador but yeah we had a bunch of different people i mean honestly my team just just smoked watson's Mm. pretty sure about so was you guys just coming was there a list you guys were choosing from we had 20 and we just you know we went down we went down the list and we did that and it's just something we wanted to do for a long time and it's funny because it actually went over did he get jobs did what he got he got steve jobs he did and the funny thing is is matt hates apple products okay great well i mean but seriously though You know, you want to get grab Bezos, you want to grab Elon Musk, but the greatest he took, one. He took Elon. Nice. He took, and I took. I I believe I can't remember. I can't remember who's on my team. I tried to, I tried to pick myself and then trade myself for a, a lower pick in next year's draft. Okay. And I thought right. that that would be all right. So you know, the but, player to be named later. And for those of you out there um, that sent feedback about the entrepreneur fantasy draft, we're going to do something. We want to do a Kansas City version. We want to do an international version. Mm. We want to do a worldwide version. We had a lot of fun, and there was a couple of people. Uh, one guy uh, had had uh, here I go forgetting people's names or mm-hmm. not not writing them down ahead of time. But one person had put a note in that they did they actually did an entrepreneur fantasy draft at their office for motivational reasons. Oh, nice. I thought that was cool. That is cool. You know, just like do something different, do something fun. Well, you know, uh, you're making an impact in the world. You got a little butterfly effect here yeah. from the Startup Hustle yeah. podcast. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Entrepreneur Fantasy Draft trademarked. Is that all you have to do, trademark something? I don't know. Just tell people you trademarked it and then yeah. scare them away. Yeah. If there's a hashtag for that. I don't know if there's any monetary value behind that, but you know, there will be, there will be, there's a, there's a a daily fantasy sport for just about everything. Why couldn't we have one? Giving away all the good ideas. Well, anyway, can I do it? Hey everybody stay bad. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of startup hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on startup hustle.